You're listening to a Church Doctor production. You're listening to the Big Church, Small Church podcast with John Hunter. Conversations and tips for churches to engage in outreach communities to reach new people for God in your neighborhood. Welcome to episode four of the Big Church, Small Church podcast. Today we are going to talk about being an architect of worship. Our hope is that we want to inspire and equip you to start outreach communities for to reach people for God in your town and in your city. We want to help you to make an impact in your neighborhood for God. If you hear something that helps you along your journey, we would ask that you would like it and share it on social media so that it can help other people reach people for God. It's all about the kingdom of God. You can also go to thesendmovement.com to download your show notes. Those will really help you processing what we're going to talk about in the show today. Before we get stuck into our topic, I'm just going to give us a short recap of episode one because we need to understand episode one before we get into today's content. In episode one, we talked again about how the church is not a building, but it's about a people, Uh, not about an organization, but about an organism, the body of Christ. And whether it's three, 12, 35, or 100 plus people, that we are church as we gather. So there's big church and there's small church. We're going slow. Just want to make sure that we take everybody along the journey with us as we discover what big church and small church means for us in our context. For whether two or three are gathered, Jesus says, there I am with them. So today, I want to tell you that you are a worship architect. Okay, so whether you're creating a small church or you're designing your Sunday worship, you are creatively putting worship together. And I'm going to talk to you about how you can be faithful and creative in your worship design. We're going to go through what I call the four W's of worship. And I got a lot of this teaching material from a great book from uh, Constance Cherry. It's called The Worship Architect. And I really recommend to gather these ideas that 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 book is really, really helpful. I, I recommend that you go and that you buy her book. It really will help you to creatively design worship, whether you meet in your home, whether you meet out at a coffee shop or in a public space, or whether you're in your church building. That book has helped me to really to understand worship in a completely new way that is faithful to every Christian tradition. Again, we'll reference it on the website at thesendmovement.com inside today's show notes. So you are a worship architect. I want you to imagine that you are an architect putting a house together. Now, you don't have to really know how all the details of putting a house together, but we can recognize that if we're going to build a house, there are some common things that we must have that makes it a house. Now, there's a lot of unique things in a house in terms of style, size, and design, but there are core common elements that are essential for framing a house. 
You need probably a roof over the head. Uh, you need a foundation to build on and you need walls. You also might need some windows, a door, um, but every house is unique, but also the same. That is the picture that I'm trying to paint for you for worship. The four W's gives you a structure where you can build and creatively put elements that fits your context into each one of these four elements. So the first one is welcome. You need to have a strong welcome as people come together with the body of Christ. And especially in the West, we don't really live in a tight community. We live in a very individualistic uh, lifestyle. And yet we need, as we gather the body of Christ together, we want it to make us feel like that we are one body. We really need to get to know each other, not just once off, but every single week. We need to have a, a way of coming together and making that body one again. Fellowship is a, probably a common word that you have heard thrown around the Christian world. We need to learn how to connect as a body. This is all about preparation in hearing God's word. Every time we meet on a Wednesday, for instance, my small church, uh, what we do is we eat together. Um, we come together and that is a great way to talk about like, what's been going on in our lives. What's God been doing in our lives? What are some of the hard things that have been going on? And there's something that's really awesome about what happens when we meet together. When, when we share food with one another, we share a deep bonding that unites us together. And you might not be able to do food. Like, again, our group, if you listen to episode three, our group has the gift of hospitality off the charts. We have done uh, our own sushi nights. We've done a baked potato nights. We love just to do food. Now, I'm telling you, that might work for you, and it might not. You might just have a snack. You might just bring something that's made at the store, and that's okay. You might not have a full meal. But I think it is important um, to have some kind of food that brings people together. Often you go to church, and you see the first thing is that people are gathered around the coffee area. It's because, one, that's cheaper to do on a big scale. Sometimes there's donuts or, or cookies or, or something out. But it's, you can tell that people are connecting with each other around the area where there is coffee. Well, it's the same thing whether you have small church or big church. We want a way to bring and unite the body of Christ together. I would say that food is a really helpful tool to help you to bring people together. Now, you just have to figure out whether that fits in your context or not. But we need a way of welcoming people. That is the first W. Other ways that you can welcome people is by saying the Lord's Prayer. It's the prayer that unites all Christians globally together. It's the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. The Lord's Prayer is a great way to show that we are one body. Another one is by taking an offering to pray as a group. Again, eating together helps. Another one is to say thanksgivings. I love doing this when our group meets on Wednesdays. The first thing that we do after we eat is that we give our thanksgivings to God. We go around in a circle and everybody just says, hey, what's one thing that you're thankful to God for in your life? It's a, a way of worshiping. It's a way of explaining what's going on in our lives. And it's a way of connecting and bringing us all together as one body. And it's preparing us for our next W. 
The next W is a two-part W. It's word and wisdom. The Bible's important, right? If you're a Christian, you understand that this is the main way that God speaks to us. It's God's word. And we need to come together to read the Bible. Every time that we meet, the Bible should be read. It's how we hear as a community what God is saying. I like working through a chapter of a book of the Bible each time. Right now, our group is heavily deep into 1 Corinthians. That's a book that I felt like God was leading us to read as a church. We're a very uh, young church, and it just made sense that we read 1 Corinthians. And uh, it's really speaking into our hearts and into our souls as a community. And so we're just taking that slow. We're going chapter by chapter. We read it. And then we discuss it as a group. We go through detailed questions about, you know, what is God saying to this? What does it say about God, the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit? And what does it mean for our lives? And it's awesome to hear like what every single person hears from God. And usually we don't like correct people if they give them like a wrong um, something that's not necessarily theologically correct. We're really hoping to to help people to understand that they can read the Bible, that God can speak to them through the text and that God can speak to them so that they can not only do this as a group, but that they can do this in their individual lives as well. We use all the same version of the Bible. That really helps. Some Bible groups that I've been to or some small groups that I've seen read from three different translations. Don't do that. That is a disaster. That is a big no-no. A big thing that we do that's really helpful for us is we just read the Bible on our phones. We have the YouVersion app, and we all read the same version of the Bible together. It gets everybody on the same page. Nobody forgets their Bible. It's a great way, again, um, where we just take turns in, in reading and following along, and we listen to what God is saying to our church community. Usually in a big church, what you'd have is that you would have the Bible read out, and then you would have the sermon be interpreted, right? You would have your pastor come up or your priest come up. They would give a sermon or homily that would explain what the text says. Now, I'm not saying that for your small church, what you need to do is that you need to be able to preach. But I think it is important to figure out what the text is saying. Um, let it speak into your souls. Don't just read through the text and be like, okay, we read the Bible. Now let's pray. No, you really want to meditate on that. Let everybody pitch in what God is saying to them. Try to let everybody participate. Ask questions. Dig around the text. Again, don't worry. I just mentioned this a bit earlier, but don't worry about having all the right answers. Get people searching for themselves. A really helpful tool that I have used in years past is from Larry Osborne's book, Thicky Church. He does sermon-based small groups. So whatever you read at your big church on Sunday, you read in the small group the following week. And then you just you ask questions around that text. And what happens uh, with that is that means that if you've got like, um, you know, 20 small groups or small churches out there, um, all a part of one group, it means that you're all headed in the same direction. And you're really processing what's going on in the sermon. A lot of small groups throughout history have actually used this model to really focus their small groups or their small churches to all get on the same page. And it's a way of, of processing about, um, yeah, you hear a sermon on a Sunday, but often you just you forget about it, like usually by Monday morning or even Sunday afternoon, right? When you turn the football game on, 
like the sermon has slipped your mind. And so really what it does is it, it really lets God's word really soak into our souls and figure out how we are going to actually live this out as a community. What does it mean for God's word in our everyday lives? And it's a great way of processing. So try to do a sermon-based small group. Again, you can check out that resource. It's really helpful to all be on the same page, all reading the same thing. And you're continuing getting more out of that word that was spoken by your pastor on a Sunday morning. So the first two W's is welcome. And then the next one is word and wisdom. The third W, the third element of your worship architect is the big what. That's what I love to call it. The big what. What is God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? These are the two questions I asked you at the end of the two previous podcasts. It's common to hear what God is saying to us, but we need to respond to his word. It's not just about gaining information. God is out for transforming lives, and it takes us to respond to God's grace. It's our part. God gives us his grace. He gives us his word, but we need to do something about it. How you ever do this in your group? There's lots of different ways. One of the main ways in a big church, usually, you know, you have your call to worship, you sing some songs, then you hear God's word, then you would have usually communion. That's how a lot of churches traditionally throughout history, ever since the ancient church, the first century church, they would hear God's word and they would respond by coming to the table. Now you might not, depending on what your denominational beliefs are, whatever your church group that you're a part of, I really recommend that you, uh, that you follow those, that you're faithful to that. But there's lots of different ways. We don't just have to just come to communion. You can do that if that's, that's fine for your um, your church tradition. Uh, that's one way that you can respond. What is God saying to you? Another one to, to do is that we go around in a circle and we just ask people what they want prayer for. Does anybody want prayer for healing? Does anybody want prayer for what's going on in their lives or, or want to pray for something in the world? And so what we do is if there's anybody that responds to that, then we just get them in the middle. We lay on hands and we just pray for those people. That's a really easy way for us to respond as a group. There's lots of different responses that you could do. You could have a time of silence or meditation and reflection. I know in some big churches, they do an altar call or prayer stations. That might be a little bit weird in the context of your living room or in a public space. Another way to respond is singing praises to God. That's a great way to say, yeah, God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put this into action. But just make sure that you don't just read the Bible and then like dismiss people. There's got to be a way that we respond to what God is saying to us. And make sure that you honor your faith tradition that you're a part of. If you've got some question about something, just ask your pastor or one of your spiritual leaders and, and make sure, run it by them and, and say, this is what I want to do in my group. What do you think about that? Is that all right? A, a faithful way to respond. If you've got any questions, I'm sure they'd be happy to walk you through that. Speaking of walking, walking is the next W. So far, we've covered welcome, word and wisdom, the big what, and the last one is walk. And that helps us to walk the talk of our faith. So every time that we gather, right, we come together at the welcome. God shapes us and molds us. He speaks into our lives. And from a place of gathering, we hear God's word. 
word, but then he sends us again. We are gathered and then we are scattered. This is all about learning to walk the talk, learning to do what Jesus did in our everyday lives, in our context. You are sending people out to be disciples. Think about Matthew 28. Jesus is sending them into the world to make other followers of Jesus. That's what you're doing. Even in your small church and in your big church, you need to send people back into the world. Now, this part is very small, but also very significant. This is where we learn to live on mission, where our lives, we don't just gather for worship, but we learn to lead a life of worship. It becomes a lifestyle for us that we can live out. You can do this by saying a prayer. You can read out a kind of ascending Bible verse, something that's going to get you pumped up for God in the week, or something that will remind you of, of what you've read in that text. Maybe there's a Bible verse that as you go into your week, remember that to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor or whatever you're reading, give a short kind of announcement of sending your group into the week, your church community into the week. We need to send people to walk the talk. All right, this week that we got an inch deep and a mile wide on the four W's, but in the next season, I really want to break down these four W's of how you can design worship. Now, again, this will work in your living room. This will work at Kentucky Fried Chicken if you want to meet there or Buffalo Wild Wings or, you know, whatever third space that fits for you. Big church, small church, doesn't matter. My hope is that you learn to be creative in these four spaces and that it will really help you to frame whatever context for worship, for faithful worship to God. Again, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like it and share it and to download your show notes at thesendmovement.com. Again, you can download your show notes at thesendmovement.com. What is God saying to you? What are you going to do about it? Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Big Church, Small Church Podcast, a Church Doctor Ministries production. To download the show notes, go to thesendmovement.com. For questions, coaching, or other network opportunities, contact John Hunter at j-o-n-h-u-n-t-e-r at churchdoctor.org. If you've liked this episode, please give a review, subscribe, and share it on your social media platforms.